Welcome to the Crossroads Community Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. So we're finishing up kind of this idea of the summer of love. And I thought, man, there's a great way to kind of finish up the summer of love. And But before we get into that, I'm just curious, like for you, what is the American dream? Or maybe it's not the American dream, but it's your life dream. So I need somebody to shout out a couple things. What are, what, what's the dream you have? Own a business. Awesome. Perfect. Debt free. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, that's right. That's right. Who else? Go to college. What? Retire. Amen. I'm, I'm ready for that already. Come on. <laughs> Go ahead. What's that? Oh, there you go. Awesome, awesome. Well, hey, we all have dreams, and I love that. I, I, I thought it would be neat, though. Let's just see what some kids said when they're thinking about where do I like, want my life to go? What do I want to do? What do I, who do I want to be when I grow up? I pulled a couple of them off the Internet that I thought some of these were a little fun. So the one over here on the left, you look, you've got Toby, Sophia, the chef, ballerina, fireman. Then you get down to Albert at the bottom, and he says, a person who stays home and does nothing. <laughs> so when he grows up, that's what he wants to do. <laughs> All right, Albert, I'm with you. I love this one over here. It says, when I grow up, I want to be a doctor, a stay-at-home mama, a nurse, and a cheese cutter. I'm not quite sure what kind of cheese cutter that is, but all right, that's interesting. All right, we got a couple more. See what we, go ahead. One wish is for it to rain tacos. Anyone else? I see a couple of hands. Yeah, that'll be good. I love raining tacos. When I grow up, I want to get a hat and put it on. That'd be pretty good for me about now. <laughs> all right, what else we got? We got two more slides, I think. When I grow up, I want to be a mailbox. And it must be the same, same place. When I grow up, I want to be a fire hydrant. So if you have aspirations of a mailbox or fire hydrant, there you go. And I think we got one more. I thought this was great. When I grow up, I want to do, or what I want to do when I want to grow up. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. I want to be Batman. Batman, Batman, Batman. And then this one, someday I will have so much food to eat that I'll explode. And with that one, I feel that too. <laughs> but these are fun. These are dreams that, you know, we have. That, and it's fun to see what God gives us, what he lays on our heart. And, and, you know, we talked about, even as Haley talked about, man, we've got growth track next week. And it's going to be incredible. And I really hope if you haven't been grow through growth track, I hope you'll come. Because we want you to discover your purpose. We want to help you do that and help you find a place of significance. Maslow's hierarchy needs, that's what he talks about. At the top of the pyramid is this idea that we can live a life bigger than ourselves. We find a place where we feel like we fit in and we can make a difference. And so I hope you'll continue to come to that. Uh, um, if you, if you or if it's been a while and you haven't done it, man, come back. And jump back in. And so we would love that. But one of the places we talk about in that class is John 10.10. 10. 
which it says, a thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come, talking about Jesus said this, that you may have life, and life abundant, or life to the fullest, and I love that verse. And there's so often I've held on to that, and I said, yes, God, this is what I want. That's what I want, life to the fullest, life abundant, right? Who wouldn't want that kind of life? That sounds amazing. But if I'm real with you, is it true? For you too, is there times that you feel like you're spinning the wheel, you're working hard, you feel like you're doing all the right things, good things, you're trying to do it right, but sometimes it just feels like it comes up empty. Sometimes you work hard and you toil and you go through all these things and it just seems like, why, why, why so many times I'm trying to build this good foundation, why so many times does it feel like I keep running into the storm and getting rocked? And it feels unfulfilled sometimes. Anyone else feel that? Maybe it's just me. But I know there's times that it's tough, and especially over these past couple years, the pandemic was something that no one saw coming. And it was hard. And for some of you, it may still be hard. Listen, I get it. We felt it. I mean, you're getting pressed on every side. The depression that seemed to set in so quick with people. The hurt, the pain, loss, real loss. Life to the fullest? It makes it real, doesn't it? And you know, I think John was right. When Jesus said, I came to give life and life to the fullest, I think sometimes it's the fact that we've just missed it. And so I want you to come on a little bit of a journey with me as we look at this stuff. And in fact, I think it kind of slipped by us. And Jesus talked about this on the Sermon on the Mount. He actually talked about these things and told everyone around him, and, and it's a, he told famous parables, but sometimes I think we just, I know for me anyway, I feel like sometimes I'm, I just missed it. And so I want to take us there because when the storms hit and when everything comes down, I want you to still be standing. And so we're going to go through that a little bit today. In fact, the last parable of the sermon, of his sermon on the Sermon on the Mount is really key, but it's something we've heard a lot before, especially if you've been in church. But I hope we can look at it with fresh eyes today. But let's jump into the scripture and let's read what Matthew has for us as Jesus is speaking. He says in Matthew 7, and starting in verse 24, and you can read along or in your scripture there. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them 
will be like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the wind blew, and beat on that house. But it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against the house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Hear these words. To grasp what he was really talking about here, I think we have to go back to the beginning of the sermon. And the beginning of the sermon goes back to Matthew 5, is where Jesus begins. Now, the Sermon on the Mount was Jesus' longest sermon. It was his greatest discord that he had ever done. But a lot of times I think we read it because he's talking about the life that he's called us to live. And sometimes I think we miss the whole point of what he was getting at. See, Jesus had just been in the wilderness fasting. I think he knew how important this was coming, that was coming. And he was fasting in the wilderness, and as he was fasting, Satan came and tempted him and pulled him and said, hey, here's what I want you to do. I want you to overthrow your mission, and if you will overthrow your mission and just, you know, bow down to me, then I will give you worldly recognition, and I will give you all the riches you could ever want. And three times he tempted him. And thank God for literally every time Jesus resisted and he rebuked Satan away. So next thing we know, we find Jesus walking along the hillside. And there are a lot of people around him wanting to know what he was all about. So on the hillside, he sat them all down and he started to preach and teach. And these are the things he talked about. So the first thing he jumps into is the Beatitudes, is sometimes what it's referred to. But he talks about this idea that blessed are those who are meek, who are poor in spirit, those who mourn and hunger, those who thirst for righteousness, merciful peacemakers. He said, blessed are these people. Then he goes on and says, and, and you are to be a light. And salt. You'll be salt to live your life in such a way that it makes people thirsty to know who God is. You're supposed to be a light so that you show the world and you shine it into the darkness for people to see who Jesus is. And then he goes on and he talks about how Jesus was actually the fulfillment of the law. And then we hit verse 20, which is very interesting. And Jesus says this in Matthew 5, 20. Sorry, I'm in four. <laughs> For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Hmm. That changes from being salt and light, and blessed are those people, doesn't it? I gets a little more serious. So then he starts to talk about, well, you've heard, do, do not murder. He said, but I'm going to take it a step further. I tell you, don't even be angry 
with your brother or sister. He says, I know you've heard, do not commit adultery. That's big. But what I'm telling you is don't even look at someone with lustful intent. He talks about oath. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. He talks, he even goes so far to say, you've heard it said, an eye for an eye. I'm telling you, no. If they slap you on one cheek, give them the other cheek. If they ask you to go to a mile, go two miles. In fact, he says, love those that persecute you. Ooh. Like, that's getting real. That's getting heavy. Then he gets to verse 48, and look what it says. You, therefore, must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Maybe it's been a while since you've been to church and somebody says, hey, you must be perfect. Because here's the thing. I don't know about you, but even on my best day, I'm nowhere close to that. This morning, man, I've got to drive a little ways and drive through traffic in Chattanooga. I can go, tell, go ahead and tell you, I messed up a lot coming up here. To be perfect? That's heavy. What did that mean? I don't know, but that's the call. Why do that? We're going to get to it. But he goes on and he says, I want you to give to the needy. I want, I want you to spend time in prayer. You know, we've got the 21 days of prayer coming up and it's going to be incredible. He goes on and says, forgive others fast. Build treasures, store up treasures in heaven, not on earth. And don't worry about things like Food, because man, if, if God feeds the birds, how much more will he feed you? And don't worry about clothes, because if, if he clothes the fields with flowers, how much more will he clothe you? And he'll take care of you, and you don't need to worry about these things. And don't judge others, and they are true, and true prophets and false prophets and true believers and false believers. And then he ends the whole thing with this idea of listen to my words. And if you do, it's like building your house on a rock. If you don't, it's like building your house on the sand. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I, I get sand. I can relate to sand. Like, one of the things I love to do when I go to the beach with my kids, it, I like to build sand castles. In fact, this is one just this past year that me and my son and daughter and actually several kids that we, we made out on the beach, and it was a lot of fun. The sand's frustrating. It's hard. I mean, you have to get that right consistency because you've got to get the sand wet enough to pack in and to hold and to stay, but it, it can be too wet. And the biggest thing about building a sand castle is location, location, location. Because if you get too far away from the wet sand, it's not going to stay up. If you get too close, what happens? The water washes it away. Every time, Zach, it doesn't matter how many times, dude, every time I try to plant it just right, that water comes up, and it always takes out part of my sandcastle. And it's so frustrating. 
Because I work hard on it, and I'm like, I want it to look cool and good. And my son's like, that's awesome, Dad. And I'm like, yeah, I'm Dad of the Year. And then here comes the water because I don't see it. And it crashes into the side and takes out half the wall. He's like, uh, yeah, it didn't stand. So we pack it up again, and we do everything again. And then here comes the water. And I build trenches, and I do everything I can to keep that sand up. But it doesn't work. And the next day, every time, without fail, it's never happened. The next day, every day, is, every time it's gone. I can relate to sand. Because it doesn't matter how much I do, that sand does not stay around. So I can get how it matters what your life is built on. If your life is built on sand or your life is built on rock. And for some of you, you've got this huge God-sized hole in your heart right now. Man, you're grasping at all kinds of stuff to fill it because you know the storms are coming and you're open, wide open, and you know you're going to get battered and bruised and slammed and you're packing everything you can and everything you can find in that hole just to protect it, to hold it, to protect your heart and protect your life. And guess what? It keeps falling down because it's sand. But sometimes we know that, right? Sometimes we know that when you give your life to devices or different things, that sometimes those things aren't going to hold up. And you're like, hey, if, if you go out drinking every night just to escape your world, it's not going to help you escape your world. It's going to catch up to you. If you're just looking for money or power or popularity or, or people or any of these things to fill that stuff, it's not really going to work, and it just leaves our life in a place of regret, Right? We've seen that. But what about the good stuff? Hmm. What about family? Building a better life for your kids. Doing your best because you want to get in the right places to impact the right people, to have good influence and to change the world. You know, when I begin to think of some of the things we go through, there are some really good things in our life, really good things that we can aspire to, aren't there? I mean, for some of us, it's the fact that we aspire to have a family. Sometimes I've seen some couples that toil and they fight and they sweat just to have kids and whether fostering, adopting, or their own. And they're like, a family is good. You've got to have a family. It's good to pass on your name, to pass on a legacy, to have people to invest in, to love on, and protect. And, and when you have kids, you'll do anything possible to help make sure they have a life better than yours. Don't, don't we? Isn't that normally how parents go? I mean, sometimes maybe our kids don't get it. But man, we love and sacrifice so much because we want them to have it better than what we had, right? 
And by the way, if you're like, if you're a parent or a middle of a middle school or high school student, or you are a middle school and high school student, this is my selfish plug. Hey, this Wednesday, we've got some incredible things that we know God wants to do in the life and in of our student ministry. And so this Wednesday, I would love for every student and every parent to come and join me at Las Moss off of 25th, because we're going to talk about what God has for us in the fall. That's just my selfish plug as we're talking about parenting and family. Come and join me, please. But again, it's a good thing to want to raise a family well. It's a good thing to want to see your, your children grow up well. That's a good thing. Or maybe it's the fact that you're like, you know what, Chad? I want to provide well for my family. I work hard. I've built my, my business. I, I've worked my work because I want to make sure my family is taken care of. And, and, and for me, I don't, I, you know, it's no offense to ladies in the room at all, but I'm just speaking because I'm a guy, I'm a man, I'm a father, and I understand that. And I'm like, bar none, I keep looking at my life saying, it stops with me. I need to provide for my family. I need to take care of them. And so I work and I toil. Now make sure that's true. Or maybe for you, it's like, you're like, it's a good thing. I, I want to create my own business. And because I want to invest in the community, I want to make a difference. I want to take the money that I made from this, and I want to make a difference in the place where I'm at. As they said, there are prophets who have the vision, and there are kings that supply the resources, and I want to help provide. That's a good thing. Or maybe for you, students, you're at this place, you're like, listen, I practice hard. I work hard. I do all I can to make sure that when I get out on that field, when I get with my team, I'm giving them the very best I can give them to help us win, to help us succeed, to help us do well. I study hard. I, I, I learn and I grow because I want to make a difference in our world and I want to get into a college or I want to get a job or I want to get to a place where I can have a great impact and that's a good thing. These are all good things to aspire to. But what if? What if? You're like, Chad, if these are so good, why bring them up? Because if I'm going to get real with you, it's all sand. It's all sand. Don't get me wrong. These are great things to aspire to. But it's all sand. You're like, what are you talking about? Listen, don't miss me. 
Jesus talked about great things on the Sermon on the Mount. He talked about the Beatitudes, blessed are, and people who do this, and this is how you live your life, and you do all this. But in order for you to do it alone, in order for you to build your life on just those things alone, just you, you have to be perfect. You have to be perfect. And I don't know about you, but I know I'm not perfect. And if you're sitting there and saying, well, I'm perfect, well, you just messed up. <laughs> See, we can't do this alone. All of this stuff that we try to hold on to is saying, I don't miss this. This is so key. I think Satan's greatest ploy in the world is to distract us with really good things. Because the more we get distracted with really good things, we forget about building our foundation on the best things. We get caught up in sand because the sand is a little wet and it feels firm and you think it's going to be okay until the really Hard storms hit. And they hit hard and it falls. Because what we should be basing our lives on, what we should be running to is the rock. So going back, when we were saying, you know, I feel like I keep running towards things and running towards things and running towards things and I keep, it keeps crumbling, I keep falling and all of these things are happening and I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand why I feel unfulfilled. I, I don't understand why it doesn't seem like I'm living life abundant to the fullest. Listen, Jesus never said you're going to be successful. He never said any of these things, but he says, I promise you that you will have the joy. I promise you that you will have purpose. I promise you, you will have meaning because Christ will be in your life. But that's the whole point. It's Jesus. All these other things are great things to aspire to, but they're not Jesus. And the problem is, is when we start building our lives on all of these good things, and we start thinking, well, I'm going to be a good dad, I'm going to be a good parent, I'm going to provide well, I'm going to have a great business, I'm going to be successful, I'm going to make a difference and impact the world, all of that is great. But if that is your foundation, and that is your identity, and that's what you wrap it up in, it's all sand. Where we should be is we should be Digging our roots so deep into the rock, into Jesus, and saying, Jesus, you are the foundation. You are everything. And all of that stuff is good stuff. And maybe God will call you to that. And that's okay. But your foundation needs to be here. Your foundation has to be in Jesus. Your foundation has to be dug deep into him. This is where he wants us so that we can stand against the storms. Because he's saying, listen, it's not if, it's when. When the storms come, you're going to fall here. And it's going to be a great fall. But that's where he wants us to be.
See, Jesus knows, to, I'm just finishing up, as Jesus knows you can't do it on your own, that was the whole point of the Sermon on the Mount. He said, listen, here's the life I'm calling you to, but here's the thing, you can't do it on your own. So if you miss this, if you miss the point that you can't do this on your own, then you've missed the whole thing. And you'll continue to build your life on the sand, and it's going to continue to fall. He said, but I'm calling you to build your life on the rock. Look at how it's put in Romans, uh, Romans uh, starting in Romans 3, 10. None is righteous, no, not one. Romans 3, 23, for we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But here's the good news, right? Here's the good news, Romans 5, 8. Is this, but God shows his love for us and for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ, what? Died for us. So here's what I want you to walk away with. Here's what I want you to get. God is calling you. Christ is calling you to wrap your lives up in him. Ephesians says that you may know how high and how wide and how deep God's love is. It goes on to say that you would know that he is for you and not against you. That you would know that God will not leave you or forsake you. This rock is the rock that will stand. This rock is the one we need to dig deep into. This is the place we need. When we talk about the summer of love, what is the greatest love ever? It's Jesus. It's here. It's him. And unless we build our foundation here, unless we stand on this rock, there's going to be a great Because all the good in the world, all great things, everything falls except for the rock. And the rock is only Jesus. I know this to be true not just because of his word and I believe in his word and I stand on his word. But I know this to be true because I've actually seen it played out. I've seen it played out in a good friend of mine. His name's Dave Annan. And uh, it's one of my favorite pictures of Dave. <laughs> Dave was a children's pastor at one of my previous churches. Dave was an incredible man. Became one of my best friends. Especially there on that staff, we had so much fun together. Dave had been through a lot. He'd been a senior pastor, education pastor, and now he's a children's pastor. Dave loved to go on mission trips, and uh, he was heading to Africa. And when he went in to get a check-in with his doctor before he left, his doctor said, when you come back in, uh, we need to run some tests. He came back in, ran some tests, found out he had stage three cancer in his head. He started to fight the battle, which I know a lot of you have known a lot of people that have fought cancer. It soon spread from his head and spread down into his back, and pretty soon it started to consume his life. 
interesting thing about people when they start to go through crisis in those moments. How little the sand begins to matter. And I watched my friend begin to deteriorate to the point where he didn't even look like himself at all. Because chemo started to just riddle and break his body down. But never in my life have I seen a man or a woman love Jesus more. And here he was getting more chemo, feeling sick and broken. And new nurses would come in because he's been in the hospital for so long. And instead of getting upset the fact that he has all these kids and he's going to miss out on so much, he just looks at the nurse. He says, you know what? God had me here today because of you. Because I'm here to tell you that Jesus loves you. And every person he met, every doctor, every consultant, every nurse, everywhere he went, he goes, I've got a story for you. I've got a truth for you. And Jesus loves you. And he started handing out these little bags. And he says, you know, I don't know if God's going to defeat this cancer, but I want you to know something. That God loves you. Because all of a sudden, the sand didn't matter anymore. What mattered is he knew where he was planted in the rock. And it didn't matter if cancer or chemo or anything came at him. There was nothing that was going to steal the joy that he had of standing on the rock of Christ. I love David. He inspires me still to this day. For some of you, it may be the fact that you're like, you know what? I, I don't even know Jesus. What, what are you waiting for? He's here to tell you, man, I love you so much, and I want to walk with you through every storm you go through, and I'm here to be with you. Won't you come and follow him today? He said, taste and see that the Lord is good. For others of you, it may be the fact that you're like, you know what? I think I've been living over here. If I'm honest, I've really been building my foundation in my life on sand. And I'm living here and I'm trying to sprinkle in a little bit of Jesus over here. You know what I'm saying? I'm over here and I'm looking, well, that he's good and I know I love him and he's cool, but, you know, he doesn't need everything, right? I, I can live here and I can just bring Jesus in when I know. The whole point of the sermon was, no, if, that's, if this is where you're going to be, it's going to fall. And for some of us, we need to pick up and we need to come and we need to plant into the rock of Jesus. 
For some of us, that's something. We've got to make that decision today. Because the storms are coming. It's not if. It's when. And Jesus wants you to stand in the midst of the storms. If you're encouraged by today's podcast and would like to hear more messages, visit us at crossroadscommunitychurch.com.